This podcast was recorded live on October 21st at 10.05 p.m. Things may have changed at the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am Samora, your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. If you are watching this on Facebook, please make sure you hit the like button and share the discussion. You can also follow us at SJH Podcast Family. If you're watching us on YouTube, remember that you can see this and other videos at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please tap the subscribe button and hit the bell to make sure you are alerted when new videos are available. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SJH Man Cave and email us at info at SJHmancave.com. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. So brothers, how was your week? And Jason, I think I'll start with you. Of course you will. Mm-hmm. It's always lovely to be started with. First and foremost, uh, glad to see you, brothers. Glad to see y'all all doing well and on here doing another wonderful SJH podcast for the masses. Uh, this week was pretty well straight and forward, but uh, there is part two to my uh, Fair Oaks experience that I figured maybe y'all would want to hear about. So it's going to be pretty graphic, and you're probably going to be just as upset as you were about the cows last week. But uh, here we go. Family Johnson had just finished the uh, Fair Oaks Moo Tour. We went on over to the, I believe it was called the Cow Fay. Uh, my wife and the kids, they shared this wonderful grilled cheese sandwich, which I, which I have to say, from personal experience, I've never actually had a grilled cheese sandwich this tasty in my entire life. Apparently, there were three to four different cheeses. And on this toasted bread, can't find this bread. I'm going to end up having to go to Whole Foods or something like that. I'm sure it came from some place where bread is like extremely expensive. Uh, the, the bread was well toasted with a lovely little sprinkle of, I believe it was Parmesan cheese. And on the actual grilled cheese sandwich, I believe there was some smoked Gouda, mozzarella, a couple other different cheeses. All I know is when I bit into this thing, I almost laid down on the ground and just kind of curled into the fetal position. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was all buttery and just so nice. So at that bit that, you know, me and Jada, we ran over to the little milkshake making a little stand. And I noticed, you know, they had that pumpkin spice ice cream. I say, oh, snap. Okay, so this is what I got to do. I walked to the dude. He's sitting back there because he was kind of bored because wasn't a whole lot of people in there. I said, hey, player, let me ask you a question. I want you to make me a milkshake, but I want two scoops of that pumpkin spice and I want two scoops of that vanilla bean you got over there. Can you make that happen for me? A man like, yeah, ain't no problem. Went to get the mixer, hooked up this milkshake, boy. I tell you what, I I don't think I can have another milkshake unless it's from Fair Oaks Farm. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I'm going to try to end the end for a milkshake, it's going to be the next question to Otherwise, I just had to find out if they sell the ice cream somewhere and I can make it myself. Finished up there. We went and hopped on the pig tour or the swine tour. Same little bus, little system, just as last time. Everybody social distance, you know, every other seat. We get there. This lady driving his bus was like a gangster. I ain't never seen nobody never slow down for nothing. We pull into like this little driveway that leads into this garage door that takes us inside the building. This lady ain't touched the brake once. Swear to God, I'm just sitting there. I, I thought I was on a roller coaster or something like that. I'm like, you ain't even going to slow down for the garage, though. You know how to judge this bus. She hit she hit the button for the garage door to open about five minutes back, pulled in, hit the brakes, get in this place. She's like, all right, what y'all going to do is y'all going to go in and you're going to see Sarah or Samantha 
and she gonna give y'all the tour. You gonna go inside, you gonna sit, you gonna wait for a second. So we hop off the bus, we walk into this little welcoming area where they got all this information about the history of pig farming and all this other stuff. All the straight up forward stuff to make you feel like, you know, this is a special place for farm animals. It's kind of like the, like the whole cow thing. Mm-hmm. So this girl comes out. She's like, hey, everybody, let's gather together. She, she, she starts coughing and sneezing. I'm like, huh? She's like, you'll have to excuse me while she has a mask on. She says, I'm not sick. I have allergies. And my first thought was, all right, I guess. That's possible. You're out here in a little pig farm. <laughs> you, you could have some allergies. Or you a little breakout monkey by taking us on a tour. I don't know. As long as you got your mask on, we good. I'm going to stay on the back of the tour, though. You talk to the people up front. So she takes us back. This this little pig farm or pig barn has like four different parts to it. So down one long aisle, they have some of the mature pigs, some of the older pigs, and I guess some of the pigs that are on their way out the door. And there's these little windows along the wall where you look down and you see like some of the piglets and stuff that have been separated. They like a month old or something like that. Then you go to the next window and you'll see the ones that are a little bit older than them, so on and so forth. You get down to this last window and it's like four like really big, really old pig looking pigs. And they all got these little green and red marks all on their backs. And I'm like, mm, that's got to be the mark of death. That's the only thing I can really think of, quite honestly. Because nothing else had didn't on them other all them all three of them other windows in the back. I ain't see a pig with a mark on them. But these folks sitting down here on the end, boy, it must be a wrap for them. So I say, the okay, rest cool. of the pigs staying away from them? Totally separate pigs. <laughs> so like one window down on the end was like all the little piglets. When you go to another window. It's like a wall, and then it's their next set. So they all separate. Mm-hmm. So they got all the old ones sitting there. They got their own little area. They ain't all crowded with each other. They just there waiting for whatever's coming. Then she takes us down to the next aisle. So this is where they had at least five to 10,000 pigs in this one big, like, area. All of them on top of each other. All of them in, like, these little square little pens. All of them sleep. Except for the few or whatnot that they got like in these like single pins with like their asses pointing towards the aisle. So this particular area is where the pigs are inseminated. Everything's inseminated on this farm. Ain't no ain't no studs running around getting getting their fuck on the whole time. It's just not happening. So we were told that in order to find out which pigs are in heat. They have what they call a mechanical bore. So this mechanical bore apparently has the ability or the sensors attached to it to know when these pigs are in heat. So literally the handlers basically go down this aisle where all these pigs' asses is pointing into the aisle. It, it, it's like they, they throw on a sensor up to like when you go to the airport and they wind you. It's, it's kind of like that. This pig ain't in heat. This pig, oh, we got one. And they throw a little towel on that particular pen, like, yeah, this is the one she read it. Ready for what? <laughs> you know what for what? I dare not ask, sir. I dare you know not what they ready for. They <laughs> heat, son. They ready. <laughs> Just like them cows, they was ready. These pigs, mm. they ready. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so all you see all these pigs stacked up on top of each other. And you see them all just kind of chewing. Apparently, they just repeatedly chew on whatever it is they eat during the day. 
So then they take us to the third little aisle, which is where they take all the pigs that are ready to have piglets. So we walk down, down this aisle, it's a bunch of little different windows and a bunch of little different little sections on each side where they have all these pregnant pigs from, from front to back of this hallway. It's like the ones that are about ready, the ones that's just about ready, and then the ones that are having and that are actively having piglets. So you walk all the way down the aisle, you look down in this window, you see these little pins, and you see you either see a pig down there sleep with these little bars. It's, it's almost, it looks like a little cage that they're in, laying on their side, either sleep or feeding their piglets. You see the whole, the whole thing. It's just like when you, each one of us was in the room when we had, when our babies were born, right? So you remember the scene. You, you remember the mess. Okay. All that was just down there, kids. The piglets is just running around, either jumping on top of each other, beating the hell out of each other to get to the nipples on these pigs so they can eat. Now, my wife asked, I don't know if it was my wife who asked the question or not. Now, apparently, these little, these little cages that these things were in apparently were brand new because apparently the mortality rate for these little piglets was like 80 to 90 percent. Because when the, the mothers were like free to move around, they were literally just laying on the piglets and killing them. Whoa! Yeah. Very high mortality rate, apparently. So they had the ingenuity to just create these cages to keep the mothers basically just laying down and just feeding their kids. And that's all they really do. Just like uh, the cows, like I say, the, the cows only, the, when they had their babies, they only stayed with their mothers for like two hours. And then they separated them. These piglets would be with their mothers for maybe like a day or so. And then they would sell, uh, separate them. And uh, yeah, that, that was the end of the tour. <laughs> we got to see all kind of birthing and stuff and all these little piglets and stuff running around and all these pigs ready to be become you know, them honey baked hams that everybody likes so much. So here's my question. This whole trip was requested by, by your daughter. My daughter, yes. <laughs> After it was all said and done, how did she feel about the trip? You know what? I, I never really saw a change in her. I don't think she was affected in the least bit. <laughs> she's still drinking milk. She's still eating cereal. And anytime I bring some salt, she, she asked me for a sausage McMuffin for breakfast this morning. When on got it, she ate it. She ate it up. I don't. I don't really think it really affected her at all. I think she just realized where her food comes from, and she just said, you know. It is what it is. I got to eat. The biggest concern <laughs> I got is you had a grilled cheese with four types of cheese and some Parmesan sprinkled. And then you went and had a milkshake with some ice cream. Mm -hmm. You had all that dairy all at once. I'm very concerned what happened with your insides after having all of that. <laughs> well, let's get something straight, Hudson. I, I don't have non-dairy milk in my refrigerator. Okay, <laughs> I, I personally have never had a problem with dairy. I eat yogurt all the time, and and, I, and when I eat yogurt, I make sure it's good; it's not expired, so I don't have any bad experiences. Okay, so I have no—I've been drinking milk since I was a wee lad, still do to this day. Have no problem with dairy. Love, love cheese, 
of milk. Maybe maybe you just used to the problems that you have in your gut right now because of all the dairy. <laughs> maybe there's a better life you could be living if you cut some of that dairy out. You can't have four cheeses, man. You know, you got to, you got to scale it back. <laughs> Hudson, that sounds like jealousy. All right, that's what that sounds like to me. I, I dare you to bite a four cheese grilled cheese sandwich. All right, I dare you, and let's see what happened to you. I was just fine. My whole was just fine. I ain't had to pull over no rest out. None of that. I was good. I was ready for another milkshake, but my mom, my wife told me no because I got the sugar. So you know that's the only problem. I couldn't have a whole. I could have had two or three uh, grilled cheese sandwiches. I would have thrown, thrown, thrown a little turkey on there, some ham. I only have one uh, strong experience of going to a farm. In fact, I think my, my father only took me up to one twice. I don't remember the first experience at all. But the second experience was for my 13th uh, birthday because my father raised us all as vegetarians. And he said, when you turn 13, you can go ahead and eat whatever you want. But I want to make sure that you understand what happens to these animals in order to get that meat on your plate. And mind you, my father is not some big, huge, you know, protect the animals and farms are terrible type of guy. So I, even as an adult, I'm confused about why he felt I needed to see this process, but he was determined for me to go up to this farm, pick the chicken myself and watch as they, beheaded it, defeathered it, and all the rest of that nonsense so that I would know how the chicken actually got on my plate. Mind you, my mother refused to cook the chicken. And she, <laughs> refused, she refused to cook the chicken because my father was and continues to be a psycho. And when they were finished killing the chicken, he went up to the guy. And I remember the look on this farmer's face. My father went up to this farmer and said, hey, can I, can I keep the eyes of the chicken? Can you put the eyes in a little jar for me? Oh, wow. And I remember his look like this makes absolutely no sense, but the customer is always right. So uh. they took out a little jar and they put some water into it and they put these eyes in there. And my father took it home and he put it in the middle of the table that we sat at the homeschool every day. And he said, I want this chicken to watch you while you eat it. <laughs> and, oh and after after two days of just refusing to cook the chicken on principle, my mother waited until my father left for the day and then threw both the eyes and the chicken away in the garbage. I never actually got to eat it but i have fond <laughs> memories of us going to yeah <laughs> but i but i have fond memories of us going to carson's the evening of my birthday and eating barbecue uh chicken and wings and sausages in front of my brothers who still had to be vegetarians who were forced to eat salad <laughs> and, uh, and whatever other vegetarian dishes my father had come up with for them to eat while I, I was clearly <laughs> enjoying myself. Remember those commercials like the Tennessee Pride commercials with the sausage and, and you got that nice soft voice, that masculine voice that comes on and says, yep, my father took me on to the farm and 
you know, he, we came home with a chicken and some eyes. <laughs> and the eyes were there watching me. <laughs> but at the end of it, I never did get to eat that chicken. But the memories from the eyes will last a lifetime. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Oh, I've got wow. eyes forever. I want, I want this chicken to see me eat him, his friends. All his cousins, it's going down. You know what I think it's got to be? would have been up on my mantle next to a football trophy. I think what it is to me, he wants you to, I, I think he wants you to to honor the sacrifice these animals make to, to get on your plate. Basically. Like, I, like I you know, Basically. I, I don't go to such extremes, but I can tell you right now, my oldest, she don't really eat that much meat. But but when she she will ask for it, which kills me. So I'm like... Why are you asking for something you're not going to eat? And I, and I cringe a little bit when I look on her plate and I see she only took like a nibble. And and she asking for more of everything else, but she ain't ate none of that meat. And I'd be like, you know, <laughs> I could be eating that meat right now. Okay, it ain't about the sacrifice. I just be hungry. It's like, why did you take meat out my mouth? <laughs> so, what kind of person are you that wastes that kind of meat? What's wrong with you? Exactly. We're, in a, we're in a pandemic, <laughs> damn it. Right. Exactly. What about you, Hudson? How was your week, man? Uh, my week is, is good. I, I got to say, got to say this low. You know, I got a bossy woman. And, you know, and I I don't really mind it. I like it. You know, she take charge and, you know, she'll get stuff done and she'll delegate it out. But, you know, what happens sometimes is that she'll delegate those like the really tiniest of tasks that make no sense to delegate. And sometimes it'll hurt me. Right. <laughs> like like my youngest, sometimes when it's time to feed her, like sometimes she got a feeder or sometimes I got a feeder. Well, for some reason, when she got a feeder, right, she'll walk past and she'll be like, all right, bring her on over to me in, in the kitchen or something like that. And I'll be like, you just walked past her. Why don't you? Why don't you pick her ass up and take a witch? <laughs> and that's what I'll be thinking. Like, like, hold on, is this just just because you want to just want to you know make me just come at your beck and call? What what is this? Like, why why you just walk past her Train and then tell me? <laughs> Remind you who has the power. Training. You must be trained. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I I need no training. I'm fine with it. But uh, you know, it's just those little things <laughs> like that that be like, wait a minute, like why why couldn't you just pick her up and take her with you? <laughs> you know, so so you know. But other than that, man, I love I love the fact that that she'll take charge, and I, you know, and I think that's the strength of a lot of of a lot of black women. You know, they they just take charge of things and just go head on, and they figure things out, and you know, and and I can appreciate it. So I'm kind of like the guy that comes in and and I and I hit cleanup. You know, okay, what's left to do, or what do you need me to do, and and she'll point me right at it you know, and say, go. And it, it's very freeing, but you know, she will talk shit to me about it. And, and it's, uh, it, it makes me feel some kind of way. Cause again, it's like, okay, you ain't gotta be doing all that, but, but she'll like, since I gotta, since I gotta do all the thinking around here, you know, or something like that, I'll be like, oh, okay. We, we go on that way, going that route right now. Okay. I feel you. <laughs> 
I was like, knowing oh. full well, if you started doing the thinking, she'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. What are you exactly. exactly. You know, there'd be sometimes like I'll take charge on something. It just happened like last week where I, I kind of take charge and say, okay, we're doing this right now. This is how we're doing it. And she'll give me that look like, you know, I really just want to slap the shit out of you. Telling me what to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I got to try to look tough and stand my ground. Like, uh, you know, I'm a man around here. Pants. You know, I got them on. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, man. I know how I beat that one. I started telling my wife, I don't like it when you tell me what to do. It makes me want to do the opposite thing every time you do it. And I just do the opposite every time. It's like, uh, why don't you go in there and you wash them dishes? I go make more dishes. <laughs> and, like, I don't even use them. I just go get, like, a dish and I put it in the sink even though it's clean. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Out like, of spite. Casey, you make me sick. I know. I know. And I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to make you feel better. Watch what I do. <laughs> As I started eating, I started eating the way it down. It's just like, okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'm 40. I'm 41 years old now. I, I don't like it when you tell me what to do. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I just hate it. It make me feel like I used to when I used to be in the house with my mama. And she 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 just be in there telling me stuff, and I just be like, why why do I have to do this? I I, I understood because I was the kid then, and that's why I was always like, I got to move out. I got to get the hell out of this house. And then I I got married, and I married my mother. I think I've said that on many different shows, and and she liked to tell me what to do. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I think for me, it's the timing sometimes. Sometimes it's just the timing that gets me, you know, uh, besides the little, the little things to delegate. I think it's the timing. It's like, it's like, wait a minute, you wait, you wait now. It's, it's like midnight and you, and, and you, and now you want to clean this refrigerator <laughs> out and want me to throw away all this stuff and take it to the garbage now. <laughs> like, hold on. Bruh. You've been home for hours. You couldn't ask me to do this earlier. If it makes sense now, it made sense three hours ago when you came in. Why is it that I tell you I'm about to go to bed and you all of a sudden have these bright ideas about what we should be doing to be productive before we go to sleep? What is going on? Oh my God. Oh, that, oh, that hurt my chest. And then if so I don't bad. want to do it, I'm procrastinating. Why are you procrastinating? We can go ahead and get this done and then be done with it. And then we don't have to think about it tomorrow. Yeah, that's all true. But I don't want to do it right now. It's even at 12 o'clock. No. Yo. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, I think that didn't happen to everybody. You know what? It's one o'clock in the morning. Hey, don't you want to help me? Don't you want to help me clean out this refrigerator? Huh? <laughs> Did you just say what I think you said? You couldn't have. This, this can't be happening. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh man! And then, oh. like, for real, for real, upset that I'm not just down to do this. Like, oh baby, this makes a ton of sense. Let's let's go ahead. Like, you know what? Done. You got that energy. Let's get it. Keep that energy. You know, I love the way you think, baby. Let's go ahead and get this done. Nah. Let, me, let me put these clothes back on real quick. 
Let me get in front of this refrigerator. Get the, you make me some soap and water. Let me get in here. I've been wanting to do this. I've been wanting to do this for the past week. I'm glad you came in and woke me up. No, not at all. Oh, man. Not at all. So for me, uh, for me personally, my week is a, a bit of a two-parter. First, follow up on Simone. So apparently Samantha and I cared a lot more about this transition than Simone did. Uh, Samantha drove her up to that school. It was said, okay, it's time to go to school. And Simone's like, bye. And, and walked right in. No problem. <laughs> Gave a little wave. Apparently hugged the teachers, hugged the other kids, sat down like it was no problem. Oh, all right, Monday and Tuesday. But, you know, of course, she's been isolated all her life, COVID and and all that good stuff. She's not used to being around other people, so she's already sick. <laughs> we had to bring her back home today uh, from school, and and I actually had to take off work tomorrow so I can stay home and uh, watch her because uh, she was sick as a dog. She's not running a fever, but she was definitely running hot. Of course, not COVID or anything like that, just regular old kid sickness. <laughs> Get used to that, bro. That's that's for every grade up until probably high school at this point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but you know, it's it's going well thus far. You know, her personality is still the same. Uh, she doesn't communicate back and forth yet. You know, she's just turned three to where one or two. So I hate the fact that she's at school all day and she can't tell me what happened at school and you know how people treated it and all that that's still irritating but she's still the same so you know i got no real complaints yeah i was just about to say that too like yeah her behavior will be your telltale sign exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so the fact that she's still her personality is still the same says a lot to me i'm good i'm good i'm in a good spot with all of this speaking of covid i've had uh the first time where there was a real covid scare with my parents and mm. it is such a such a helpless feeling. Apparently a mechanic came into their home, worked on their cabinets and their door and let them know in the midst of working on their property that he was that he had been uh positive with covid and that he had quarantined himself for like uh I guess about uh 4 maybe 5 days something like that. And then the job told him, all right, come on back in, <laughs> get back to work. And he was in my parents' home. He told my folks this and they let him finish his work. And then they had to do a deep clean, you know, of the entire area where he had been. But it was just, it's just amazing, man. It's just like, what do you do? Who, who, who should I be upset with in this situation? Who should I be angry at? I mean, I want to be angry at this mechanic guy, right? But at the end of the day, if the job tells him he has to come in and he doesn't come in, he's going to get fired. And who knows whether or not he has the ability to, you know, get another job or be able to take care of himself without that job, right? I want to be upset with the company and tell them, look, you need to eat the loss and you need to, you know, let him quarantine and stay home. But at the same time, this is a company, it's a small business, it's employing black people, and these type of companies have been going under left and right for months now. 
And the fact of the matter is our government has not been providing a stimulus and it has not been supporting these small businesses, much less individuals, the way they need to be supported through COVID. And who knows how close they are to going under if they're not sending their people out to support these sort of projects. So it's like, you know, I want to be I want to be livid. I want to call people up and be like, what the hell are you thinking? What the hell are you doing? But I, I feel like our government's poor reaction to what's happening is putting people in positions where they have to make some really, really hard choices that I don't have to make. But at the end of the day, I just hate that my parents were almost exposed to this nonsense. They've went through this whole pandemic virus three virus free. And for that to be the thing that finally causes one of them to get the virus, because they both got pre-existing conditions, who knows what getting COVID would do to either one of them. Of, of course, they're senior citizens. So it is just imperative that that doesn't happen. And it's just, it's just rough, man. It's just rough. Jason, clearly you have some thoughts. Um, <laughs> okay. First question. Yep. Uh, you probably already answered it, but I I, I just want to clarify. This yep. mechanic works for yeah. someone? It works for like a third-party company that works came for, in to do the job. So he wasn't like an independent contractor? Uh-uh. Like no. That. Uh-uh. Okay. You uh, you be mad at everybody. Okay. Everybody involved. <laughs> I give I give fuck. I give fuck about this stimulus <laughs> shit. I give fuck about your business going under. Uh, Don't save your shit at the cost of my life. Yeah. Or my parents' life. Yeah. If you see, you first fuck of all, you said that this motherfucker let them know after he came in the house. I think he was under the impression that his that his company had already told them. Fuck all that impression shit. You got it, nigga. <laughs> you, you got you got you the breakout monkey. You, you ground zero, playboy. You mm-hmm. tell me before you walk in my house. Hey, I got COVID. You still want me to come in? No. Bam. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know off top. Don't assume shit. Don't assume. Mm-hmm. I thought, who assumes some shit like that? I figured my company would have told you. First of yeah. all, that's against the law. You can't just tell somebody's medical condition. Mm-hmm. You can't do that, number one. You can't. Mm-hmm. I, I, like you said, you're you dealing with these close encounters or whatnot. I got two dudes at my job who just recently had to quarantine themselves because somebody in their family or they contracted it. Now, granted, they mm-hmm. couldn't, at my job, they couldn't tell us specifically what happened and what's going on. They just told us, yeah, they're going to be out for 14 days. So I'm like, okay, they break out monkeys. You, that's all you need to tell me. When when right. they come back, I know to have my shit on and have some Lysol with me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> no, that, no, <laughs> dog, you be mad at every damn body. I can give fuck, I can give fuck about your business, dog. This shit's serious. <laughs> Motherfuckers out here dying. Right. I understand right. the shit you, you put you put a lot into your business and you want it to be successful, even if it's black owned. I don't want to die so you can keep your shit. Because at the end of the day, if I die, your business ain't going to work out no way. Because y'all walking around giving people damn corona. <laughs> they they tracking the shit now. I mean, who, who's to say they contact tracing? Plain and simple and shit. Like hell, they, this company is walking around going in people's homes, knowing that their 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 contractors or their employees have this disease. Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't be in business anyway. 
If that's the case, if you if you was that damn reckless and shit, not to save up some money for some just in case, and you send the motherfuckers out there into the fucking field to possibly kill people, mm-hmm. no, dog, I'm good. I give fuck about your business. You better fuck around, <laughs> figure it out. You better start delivering packages or some shit. <laughs> well, no, you be mad at air the fuck body and shit, and then if, and then even off the assumption you walk into the house, what? What is it that made him tell him? According to my mother, it was just in the midst of conversation. Like, it just came up. Like, yeah, you know, because I got that corona right now. What? what? No. Yeah, your father, your father carried guns. I'm surprised dude ain't get shot. <laughs> well, my father doesn't treat coronavirus as seriously as he should. I don't want to have firsthand knowledge of this shit. I don't want it. I don't want to run mm-hmm. the risk of my ass dying. You understand what I'm saying? So don't come exactly. in my house if you got that shit. Don't come in my house. You've been around somebody that had that shit. Plain and simple. Yeah. This this about safety. These about people's lives right now, man. Two hundred some two hundred thousand some people that died of yeah. it directly or it being the the chain of events that caused their death. That's yeah, true. You, you be mad at every damn body. Fuck your business. You better close them damn doors <laughs> and fuck around and figure it out. Go get you a part time <laughs> job or something. <laughs> I watched the season premiere of uh, Blackish today in the, the aftermath of, of all this uh, COVID stuff beginning. Blackish does a great job of giving a lot of different points of view and perspectives and on how some people are taking this really seriously and how some are just not taking this seriously. I think about where this contractor could have caught it from, you know, whether it be him being reckless or whether it be that he went into someone's home you know, doing work in that home and, and caught COVID, you know? And I think as a business, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have to be really responsible and say, hey, if I'm going to send you in the homes, you know, I, I need to let clients know that there's a protocol and that we're going to wear a mask and we would like you to wear a mask in your home. And we would like you to maintain six feet from our technician at all times. You know, just like we're going to ask our technician to maintain six feet from you at all times, you know, and and I know you have people who like to look over the shoulder of of folk when they're doing work in their home. But we're going to ask you not to do that Uh because we want to keep you safe. We want to keep our technician safe because we got a whole lot of people that need service because not everyone's working during this time period. And it's much to the point of what Jason's talking about. You're not going to do anybody any good if you get sick and, and you die. So, so then you still don't have a business at that point. Looking at it from that perspective, you should want to protect everybody, understanding that most of the people who have all these high opinions, whether it's serious or not serious, are not scientists. They're not even doctors. <laughs> You know, and and they got all these, they got all these opinions that they're sporting around as facts. Here's a fact that we should. Here's what should be fact: is that we don't know, and even if we do get it, we still don't know because we don't know what the long term effects of this thing is going to be. Right? We have no clue if this is going to be one of those chicken pots that turns into shingles kind of deals. We have no clue what this disease is going to do to us in the long term. So, so we just don't know. And just like you two, I'd rather not find out. I, re- I would like to remain ignorant to it too. So 
I mean, for that reason, we, we the biggest problem we have in this country is is wanting to do something that that helps other people. And and I hate that we even look at it in those terms because it doesn't just help you that I keep my distance, that I that I have my mask on. It it helps myself too. I, I'm with Jason. Be mad at everybody because I sure would have kicked him out the moment he told me that. You got to go, Man. player. You got to go. Yeah, because I got it too. The fuck. <laughs> and I say this shit too. Uh, some shit can wait. I don't know what needs to be worked on or whatnot, but some shit can wait. On the real. <laughs> like shit. Maybe Absolutely. we get this fixed a little bit later on. Or maybe this could be a little pet project where I can fuck around watch YouTube fix it my damn self. This is the perfect time and era right now when that motherfucker to learn how to do shit on their own. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad though. I, I'm hoping we're hearing that your mom's and your father are okay though. Yep, they already called, got in okay. touch with their doctors cool. and whatnot, and they're up. they're told they're in the clear. Yeah, and tell them don't let nobody stuff. else in their house do shit because they tell them motherfuckers <laughs> random conversation. Oh, I've been too pissed off. <laughs> all, all of their children have been telling them, "Don't let anybody in the house mm-hmm. and isolate yourselves from other people." We have been saying that repeatedly since the pandemic. <laughs> we had some lady in the store tonight that was one of these fucking uh, no maskers and shit. I wanted mm. to kick this bitch out the store. Bro, I went to a Little Caesars today. There's a woman who came in with her six kids, right? Literally six kids. White lady. White kids. None of them wear masks, right? They come into Little Caesars. Uh, I don't know why the lady didn't make it get out because she's supposed to have a mask to get in there, but whatever. She lets them in. Um, I'm waiting outside because I, I can read and I can see that you're only supposed to have four people in the lobby at a time. So I'm like, all right, they ain't, they ain't gonna let my black ass in there. Mm-hmm. So I wait for her to get through with her order. She gets through with her order and then she goes to the corner. She doesn't leave. And so I'm looking around like, all right, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to go on in. I go on in. I try to order. The lady at the cash register stops me. It's like, excuse me, ma'am, we only allow four people in the lobby. You got to head. You got to go outside. And the lady's like, well, I don't want to be separated from my kids. You know, I got my kids with me. And she's like, well, then you need to go into your car, ma'am, because we only allow four people in the lobby. And the woman is like... Uh, are you the general manager of this uh, <laughs> of this little Caesars? And she said, uh, "I am the manager." And she was, and the lady was like, "Are you the general manager?" And she's like, "The general manager is out. I'm the store manager, and therefore I'm the highest little manager here." And the lady, and the lady says to her, "Well, you know, a store manager is not the same as a general manager." And me and the cashier exchange a look. He's looking like, at like what? <laughs> what, is, what is going on? What is happening right now? So the lady and the the cashier says again, yeah, sure, ma'am, but you need to step outside. <laughs> like you've got to go. And so the woman finally grumbles something and then leaves and gets in a car with her little kids. And I finally able to get her my my order. And I'm like. What is wrong with these people? People are fucked up. (laughs) What makes you think you're going to win this? And why is this the hill? I need the CEO across the little season to come and tell me I got to leave. You need the CEO for real? Because you're going to listen to him too, huh? 
That's going to matter. I'm, I need the motherfucker who created Little Caesars to come in and tell me I can't say it. Show <laughs> ass out of here. <laughs> I want the guy on the logo. I want the guy in a Flintstones outfit. Right, pizza, pizza. You got the- pizza on top to come out here and tell me that I got to go. Because if it ain't him, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't I'm none right of y'all. Y'all sitting here working. I don't care what y'all talking about. What are you talking about, lady? You're getting the hell up out of here. <laughs> One way or another. One way or another. Yeah. It's well, see, this is why this is why I like like Italian fiesta down the street from me. I like it. And and this Ooh. is the last spot where I would think that they would be like like really enforcing these COVID rules. But I'm telling you, they're sitting there and and look, I'm I'm just gonna say it. You know, I think they do other activity out of this place. They just happen to serve great pizza. You know, it's like it's it's always just people hanging out in there. So it makes me I'm I'm always a little nervous. Like it seems a little shifty. You know, but bigger pizza joints. It's got to be. And and here it is: is that there's armed security like right there in the lobby, and and somebody come in ain't supposed to player. You're gonna have to leave out. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta go. I ain't seen him a few times. You need to put the you need to put that mask back up on your face, player. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> they are there. They are enforcing it, and I'm loving it. I'm like, yeah, every time they do it, I I sneak over and look at him. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm I'm loving that. You need you enforcing it. That's, hey, that's partner, it. Don't work if it ain't over your nose, bro. I'm gonna right. need you to lift that back on up. Pretty there much. Pretty hey, much. Don't make me take out this piece, bro. Don't do it. Don't do it. I do it every Put time I'm back. over here at the store, Doug. These people be going in. They be going into the dressing rooms, and for some reason, to put on a shirt, you gotta take your mask off. I don't understand why it's a hole in the shirt for your head. Your mask will fit through it too. I give you the benefit of the doubt. You gonna take that mask off and you gonna put it right back on after you try this shirt on. <laughs> I got folks that walk out the dressing room, no mask or nothing. I had one dude today left his mask in the dressing room. He up at the front by me. I walk up, I say, hey player, where's your mask? <laughs> oh, I left it in the back. No, dog, you're not about to run through here and breathe on every damn thing going back <laughs> to the mask. Bring your ass over here and put this mask on. Game one from the front. Now go back in the back and get that dusty ass mask you left in there and throw it in the garbage. Don't play with these people like that. I got folks that are actually, well, I had a dude who I had to talk to three times. He's sitting over by the sunglass, steady trying on sunglass, steady pulling his mask down to see what he looked like without this damn good mask on. I said, motherfucker, wherever you go, you're going to have to wear that shit any damn way. So see what you look like with the mask on. I say, sir, I understand you uh putting you trying on glasses, but you gotta have your mask on. And he one of these foreign cats, he wanna keep winking at me, and it pissed me off. Cause it reminded me when I used to work in the clubs. Cause then you had them dudes that wink winking at you after you done told them some shit. Like, oh, you a disrespectful motherfucker. Okay, I see what's up. I tell your ass, put that mask on one more time and shit, I'm gonna toss you out on your motherfucking ear. And we ain't gonna have to worry about it. The manager see me get mad as hell. She like, I'll take care of it. I'm like, you better. <laughs> you ain't gonna like the fucking result. I told this motherfucker two, three times already. Put your damn mask on. He keep winking at me. It's pissing me off, brothers. I uh, appreciate all of you sharing how your week has been. <laughs> let's move on to the topics for today. And first, let's start with a, a little bit of local Chicago news. So, 
You know, I know e-learning has been hard for a lot of parents. You know, you talked a little bit about your struggles with it, Jason. But there have been some good things that have come out of e-learning. And one of them is that some of these people who truly, desperately, desperately needed to go to jail are being outed and are being arrested and taken to jail because clearly they should not have kids and should not be around kids. So earlier this week in West Chesterfield, a seven-year-old girl was assaulted by 18-year-old Cottrell Walls during a break in her e-learning class. Several students witnessed the assault before a teacher called out, causing Cottrell to close the laptop. Prosecutors say that Cottrell has already admitted to the crime, and he said he started assaulting the girl repeatedly since she turned six years old. Wow. And frankly, who knows how long it would have been taken him to be found out if they hadn't caught this dude on video. Um, I, I don't have any questions about it. I think it's just obviously uh, pretty horrific. I, I'm thankful that he was caught, but seven years old, that's old enough where she's going to remember this. You know, it's, it's just not young enough where you can hope that maybe by the time she's 20, 30 years old, this will all be completely out of her mind. It'll be a forgotten experience. This is going to be with her for the rest of her life. And apparently she was in her grandmother's house. They haven't released who, what relationship this guy had to her, but I'm going to assume he was either family or a very close friend of the family. So it's not like her family left her with strangers or they left her in a place where they thought, you know, she wouldn't be protected. Mm. What do you do? What do you do, man? It's just, there's just some really, really crazy psycho people there. Prosecutors said that, that the guy was like, um, I don't know why I did it. I'm sorry, bro. You are, you are destroying people around you. After the initial response of me, of wishing death on people, which I know you tell me not to do all the time. I I think about certain situations and things that I've dealt with with people when it comes to mental disease and people who are just disturbed. Right now, we're we're living in a in in a country where mental illness is not treated and it's not taken very seriously. He's had problems. That's the, that's the only thing I can really think. This, this wasn't something that just came out of nowhere. And I, I, I find it very hard to believe that people don't recognize when somebody's having mental issues, especially in a way like this. Nobody's keeping that type of stuff secret. And when it comes to the treatment for these people, it, it's literally just a process of pushing pills down their throats. Mm-hmm. And there's no management involved. There's no learning how to manage dealing with this affliction. Now, I don't want this to sound like I'm jumping on the side of this dude or trying to make it sound like I'm making an explanation because personally, y'all know how I feel about shit. I got a daughter. So I'm not honoring that shit at all. But when it comes to this, I it's 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 moments like this where you see where our community doesn't acknowledge certain things sometimes. Sometimes we don't want to take it seriously that little Jimmy or little Ray Ray and whatnot is it, something it's something not clicking. 
You know what I mean? We 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 leave it up to either the, the hood got to turn them into something different or, you know what I'm saying, we, 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 we even deal with the state and whatnot when it comes to pills and everything else. We, we throw all this water on this fire that doesn't do anything to it at all. It's these band-aids that we keep putting on these things that we're not we're not taking an in-depth look at what's wrong or what's happening to cause this and how do we deal with it. If he received the proper treatment, he literally can live with this affliction and manage it and have a normal life. But I have I have zero belief that he has any kind of structure or any kind of resources that would allow for him to do that. So this shit was just a matter of fucking time. It's it's just it's a, it's a fucking time bomb. You can keep throwing water on nitroglycerin all the hell you want, but that don't stop that shit from exploding. We we don't want to acknowledge the real problem, or even sometimes we just don't want to admit that it's something wrong with somebody in our family. Sometimes we don't even want to deal with it. Sometimes we don't want it's somebody else's problem. Hey, send him on off to that counseling session because he, so he can get his pills and talk to whoever the hell they're gonna talk to because they ain't they not teaching him shit especially if it's some state-run stuff. They just not... At some point in time, we're going to have to make an acknowledgement of this, and we're going to have to try and nip it in the bud or at least get these people the help they need before something like this happens again. It's either going to be this or it's going to be more guys like that that's getting killed by the police. At the end of the day, standing out in the middle of the road, getting choked out or getting choked to death or whatever. I mean, well, these are our loved ones too. Like we, we talk about the kids, we talk about... We, we we have to we have to bring this all into one basket. We got to start taking care of one another. We got to figure out how to do it. So I agree with everything you you said, and I got two responses. One, it's my understanding at least that most pedophiles are created, not born. So when I read this, the first thing I thought was, well, who raped him? Mm. You know, you know, yeah. like. Like the was he was it mental illness? Was he just born this way, or did someone make him this way? Yeah, you know, true. someone else in the family who abused this child and damaged him uh, to some degree permanently, and then let him loose <laughs> so that he could end up damaging other people. And it ties right back into what you were talking about how. We don't talk about those things. Mm -hmm. Those things happen and we know, all right, don't leave kids around this particular individual, but we won't necessarily report that person to the police. We won't have that person turned in. You know, we might separate him, ostracize him or her, but we won't say, you know what? No, you're a predator and you need help and we're going to force you to go get help. You know, I, I definitely agree with that. And listening to you, it actually made me think about a conversation I had years and years ago with a young kid um, who, you know, I kind of treated as like a, a nephew, a little brother. And I was talking to he lived in a, a different state. And I was talking to him about some of the other males around him. And he mentioned there was a particular guy that he knows and he used to be close to, but he stopped being friends with. And I asked him why. And he was like, well, this guy has herpes and he keeps giving it to other girls. He keeps not, he's not telling these girls that he has herpes and he keeps going around sleeping with them. And I was like, 
Well, if you feel like that's wrong, <laughs> which how could you not, you know, have you thought about, you know, talking to this guy's parents, talking to the teachers, trying to get this person turned in in some kind of way. And it kind of goes back to that mindset of I'd rather let you run around and do horrible things than out you and be considered a snitch. You know, I don't want to be the person who's looked at as someone who can't be trusted because, you know, he's going to tell everybody what he, what he or she sees. And so we let these people run around in our community doing horrible things mm -hmm. that oftentimes have, you know, permanent damaging effects just because we don't want to have to be that guy, you know, that that, that person who steps out and, you know, outs one of our own. But at the end of the day, like you said, that's exactly what needs to start happening. That's exactly what needs to start happening. We're not calling the police enough. We're not holding each other accountable enough. And frankly, we don't love each other enough. And it's all circular. It's all circular. Because if we really loved each other, we wouldn't allow people to treat each other that way. You wouldn't allow these kids to be treated that way. But since it's not yours, you allow certain things to happen. Hudson, what are your thoughts? You know, I, I think um, I think this is a problem that spans every race, um, everybody in this world, you know. And, and I think back to some of the, the comments that I read from from senators who, who discuss rape and, and they're just uh, I, I have no better words. They're dumbass views on on rape. You know, and, I, and I think I, I put out a post now and, and I said, you know, these, these folks need to take competency tests on some of these issues before they're allowed to vote on them, you know, um, <laughs> you know, to, to see what they think about on rape, which one one senator said, you know, that, you know, if you know you're going to be raped, you know, you might as well just sit back and enjoy it and let it happen, you know, Um the, the body has a way of shutting down if, if uh, you know, when something like that happens. Just, just dumb, dumb shit, they say. And, you know, this is coming from senators. And, and it just hurts me because, you know, this is an ongoing problem. There used to be a show a long time ago called The Awakenings. And imagine me thinking about the issues that they presented in the awakenings when it came to to pedophilia, when it came to, you know, rape, when it came to all these things, and to see that these same issues are still heavy here, to see that these same issues are still covered up within families, is just it's remarkable. And and I feel like we could have 30 programs like the awakenings come out right now, and I feel like people would still do it. You know, they, they would still just let it happen. And, you know, I, I, I got to say is, you know, the only advice I could offer to anyone is, you know, when you send your kids somewhere and they come back, you know, just notice if there's any differences in them. Notice if there's something something going on. And, and have a real conversation from time to time and, and just ask them straight up, you know, because... You know, it, it, 
I, I've challenged people in the past on, on different posts and different conversations. And, I, and I've said, talk to the women in your family. Have a serious talk with your grandmother, your mother, your aunties, your sisters, your cousins. Have a serious talk with them and find out the real stories on how many have been abused growing up, not just by not just by outsiders, but by family as well. You know, talk to them about uh, uh, your auntie who who got her special friend to come over every now and again. And that special friend hurt your hurt your cousin. You know, find out how often this stuff happens. And maybe we could start to change it if we start to get that shot value and see that, hey, this is this has happened very close to home. And it can happen here. It can happen in my home. So, you know, I'm I'm constantly on the lookout for anything like that. I mean, I I mean, I've been in quarantine, so you know, I, I've quarantined our family because of this pandemic and said we not really going anywhere, you know, so you know, I haven't had to worry about that, you know, lately. But every time they go somewhere, I watch for for how my daughter uh, reacts, how my oldest one reacts when she comes back. And if I see a change in her behavior, you know, I, I got some questions I'm going to ask to to make sure, you know, that that, that nothing's happened. And I, it it would it would hurt my heart, and there would there would be. There would be death on my heart if something were to happen. I know I would feel enough pain where I would want to go out and I would want to hurt someone. I know that. I know that about me. And, uh, you know, so I, I I just, I don't know how people could, you know, there's always going to be sick people in the world. What I don't understand are the people who, who know it's happening and let it happen. The people who stick their heads in the sand. I don't understand that. I don't get it. Um, yeah, that, that's it's my only choice. Uh, yeah, it's hard to think that your that your people, your own people, might be sick. But you know, it, it's it's not a shame on the family. It's not a shame on the family. Everyone has sick individuals in their family. Everyone's has people, poor people in their family, rich people in their family. You know, drug dealers in their family, embezzlers in their family. Everybody's got a ton of everybody in their family. Our families are too big. We got too many cousins, aunties, uncles, all these people. So to think that everybody in your family is perfect, I mean, you I don't even want to talk to you to begin with because you're probably a dumbass if you say something to me like that. Oh, everybody in my family's good. <laughs> no, they're not, stupid. <laughs> you, you don't, don't lie to me. Okay. It happens and, and you don't need to stick your head in the sand on it. You for the sake of your immediate family, you need to be on top of it and need to ask questions. I agree wholeheartedly, brothers. Uh moving on to the next topic, Hudson. You wanted to talk about uh, wives not taking their husband's last name. Oh well, you know, I, <laughs> I thought it was a, I, I thought it was some interesting uh, post I saw regards to it. Some interesting uh, some interesting answers uh, <laughs> to that question. You know, I, I mean, you know, there there's obviously there's always been. I guess and I've seen it on TV. I've seen it in real life where, you know, you got some women who say, I'm not going to take my husband's last name. And you got some who they are going to take 
the last name, you know, or some that's going to hyphenate the last name, you know. And I, you know, at, at this point, I got to ask myself, I say, this is just an archaic ritual at this point, right? I mean, you know, at this point, who who cares? Who cares? It's, it's a name, you know. I, I mean, I, I get it. But I, I can't say that I would be like, it's not a deal breaker for me. And for some people, it's a deal breaker, I guess. But for me, you know, if, if I love you, you know, I, I just don't see that it all has to stop because you wouldn't take my name. So I, I'm interested to hear how the rest of the cave feels about it. <laughs> you know, what do you all think about it? Since I got married, I got, I've been married for eight years now. And... Uh... <clears throat> Uh, well, basically, my my wife is holding on to her last name mainly because she's. I think it's more out of just being lazy in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> it's because it, it just takes too much to go to the DMV and change and do all this other stuff and Social Security. But I've I've actively have like for the last year or so have been pushing. Cause I I don't like this I don't like people calling my house and what like bill collectors and saying like Mr. Rowland it it upsets me <laughs> I, don't, I don't dig it I really don't like, I, I've had many people call me Mr. Rowland I'm like no dog I'm Mr. Johnson and you you looking for Mrs. Johnson so we got <laughs> we got to get rid of that Rowland man now we're hunting like it, I I've never considered it to be like a deal breaker or like a real big deal. Because in the beginning, it was more along the lines of, like, when it came to, like, our finances, like, we needed to kind of shore some stuff up on her side, and I wanted to shore some stuff up on my side so that when we start, like, making, like, that 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 house, that, that push for the house and stuff like that, that we both had the same name and we ain't dealing with a bunch of other stuff. So, like, we've been kind of actively working towards getting our stuff together, and it's just taking a long time. But, uh... Yeah, when it comes to the, the the hyphenation, I've always felt like most women like to hold on to it just for the simple fact that somewhere in their mind, I'm sorry, I'm thinking somewhere in their mind that most of them kind of feel like it's not going to really work out. Or at least that's kind of <laughs> like the impression that I've gotten from some women. Not all, just some. Because some mm-hmm. of them, are, you got to admit, it's, it, the, 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 the divorce rate is pretty high lately, from what I can tell. I don't have numbers or anything like that. Just going off of just experiencing some some people that I know and in certain situations, like you know, like folks ain't staying married right now for some reason. Like it's it seems to be difficult to be able to commit to one person for some people, mm-hmm. and I I've I've never really understood why. But you know, I mean, I've I've always been under the pressure. Like if you if you're not ready to be married, then don't get married. That's the whole thing. Like that, that don't stop you from being with somebody. Now, if you just want to sling penis all over the place and whatnot, then I, then go do that. Why waste your time, or why would you waste somebody else's time if you just want to do that? And, and I, I've I've known many men who've gotten married just because, or just because like the girl was there for them during the hard time or something like that, or the girl got pregnant. I I didn't told many dudes. Who done got a girl pregnant? You ain't got to marry her, bro. Y'all, y'all can figure that parenting thing out. 
separately. It happens every day. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to marry nobody just because you got somebody pregnant. I don't know who told you that. It might have been a little different back in the 40s and the 50s and them shotgun weddings or whatever. But this <laughs> 2020, we don't, we don't do that no more. <laughs> so, you know, it's people out there raising kids on their own just fine. The only problem is, is most of you motherfuckers is out there getting with people who are totally terrible. Or just as terrible <laughs> as you are. And that's the whole thing. Like, it really breaks <laughs> down to the relationships and the people who are in them. So, if you, if she not taking your last name, no, I wouldn't necessarily take it as an insult. But you definitely got to take a look at who the hell you plan on marrying. I think that's a conversation to have before you put a ring on somebody's finger. At the end of the day, what what's the intentions with this? Why is it that you why are you so insistent on keeping your last name? What's going on? It's just like it some, if a woman, if 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 either one of us would have presented a prenuptial agreement to any of our wives, do y'all think you'd be married right now? I don't know. This is an excellent question. Well, let me say I don't have shit to prenup. So I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't, you know, hey, I, don't, hey, I don't have a million dollar mansion or nothing. So <laughs> we working on something right now, okay? Right. Uh, okay. You working on something right now? This could I become can. something. This could become your million dollar mansion, player. You know what I'm saying? My wife has always been adamant that if we split up, she doesn't want my money. She just wants to separate. You know, she doesn't want to be bothered. and and i believe she's the type she's she's the type you know i'm in i'm personally in a kind of a weird situation where i do want my wife to have uh my last name i agree with hudson when he says the system is archaic but i also understand that we're in an archaic system where if I do hit it big and I get rich and we separate, I will be expected to give my wife a sum of money on a regular basis that will ensure she has the exact same lifestyle that I am allowed to lead. And I don't see any women fighting to have that overturned or changed or updated to be more modern. So I don't see why I have to modernize whether or not you all take my last name. (laughs) It just is what it is. But my situation was weird because I ended up making a couple of mistakes when I was younger. I co-signed for uh, one of my previous best friends to uh, get a car. And uh, he shortly afterwards, he ended up getting it repossessed. And then I had no, as a, as a young man, I had absolutely no interest whatsoever in repaying my school loans. And I didn't really understand credit and how important keeping my credit up was. So by the time I was actually ready to get married, my credit score was in the garbage, whereas Samantha has trust fund baby credit. So from her perspective, she was like, if I end up taking your last name, that's going to significantly impact our ability to, you know, get a house, get cars, do things that require good credit in order for us to do, which I understood. And, you know, part of the whole thing when we came together is we're trying to build towards a solid financial future. So this is a big deal. It's very important. So I've actually been working over the course of our marriage to rebuild my credit. As soon as my credit score is at a level where I feel like, all right, we're at a good spot. We're going back to this conversation. And she already knows that. She's already expecting this conversation from me. And she already knows how it's going to end. So, 
you know, archaic or not, it, it is the, the it is the the end result of where our, I see our relationship going up. So she's only going to have that more last name for so long. See, here's as, what as I think. Right? It can be. I mean, come on. Well, here's what I here's what I think. Right, this system long ago that started with taking the last names. You know, we're we're not in the times where I come like in the color purple. I come and I go and I and I takes my wife from my neighbor over here for for a couple for a couple goats. I take her and I pull her away completely from her family and take her to this shed out two takes away. <laughs> and now she knows nothing out there but me and the youngins we gonna have. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only thing she knows now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's at the point, yes, you've taken my name because your previous name don't mean shit at this point. You know, all it's gonna be <laughs> is my name. That's all they know is this town is my name. So you need to have that name too. I get that. I get why that mm-hmm. was a thing. At this point, you know, you don't know who's taking who for goats now. At this point, you know, I mean, we could be making all the money. Man could be. You know, I, I mean, okay. my baby could have got me for a couple goats. I don't know. I, I'll never know. You know, maybe I've always been hers and didn't know it. Right. So, <laughs> so, you know, when, when I think about it and and uh, uh, Jason, your wife asked in the chat, you know, do we have a problem with hyphenated names? Mm. I, you know, I, I say absolutely. I don't I don't mind hyphenated names at all. In fact, I mean, I, I think about how close that 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 my woman is with with her family. And and, uh, you know, and I respect that. And and I've. I mean, I've gotten in there with the family, and I, and I and I love them too, you know. So, so for me, you know, it, it's no problem to me, you know. Now, now, if this family was trifling, if this family had a lot of problems, if this family, you know, was full was full of degenerates, you know. I mean, more than the average, right? All families got some degenerates in there, but if it was more than the average, there I'd be like, you really want to keep that name? <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know, may, maybe this is an upgrade here. Maybe you can lead a pass behind you. You know, we can we can collectively move mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere else, right? But, but it's not like that, right? So, so for me, I'm like, you know, hyphenated name is no problem. So I guess it depends on the circumstance where I might be questioning, like, hey, now that's a, that's the next question, though. What what about the kids now? So so you know, oh, shoot. oh them kids uh, on, on that birth certificate, so shoot, them kids got that last name off top. Come on now, <laughs> come on now. This it was. Never I don't even know why you said that was a question. <laughs> that was nah. that, that, they definitely nah. mine. No sir. Nah, ain't no choice in nah. the matter. They. Uh, birth, both them birth certificates say Johnson on them, Jack. We didn't even discuss it. It wasn't even discussed. It was like, oh, you, you going, yeah, you going to put a, go ahead and hey, put that Sykes hey, on that. Good, and good, I good. had one before <laughs> I was married. <laughs> she got Johnson, okay? <laughs> you know what I think? How about we just completely get rid of the system and we say, hey, now that, now that we're together, let's just pick completely different names now. Let's, you know, Let's be, nah. <laughs> nah. Let's be something nah. totally different. You, 
You know, we're you, the, we're, you're you're the king we're of together. revving it's up one. these horrible ideas. <laughs> you you start waving your shoulders and everything like you'd have just thought of something amazing. <laughs> nah, nah, bro. Y'all could y'all could nah. combine your last names and, and make it like Mike's. You know, instead of Sykes, more make it Mike's <laughs> or or Shore. Yeah. Wow, wow, Tamori Shore. Wow, new. <laughs> no, we couldn't have. So now we do a movie star <laughs> joints. We just mixing people's wow. names together. Brand <laughs> no, Angelina, Brangelina. A whole new word with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was gonna nah, be uh, not doing that. Jerolin, that's what I was gonna be. We're not doing that, bruh. We're not doing that. <laughs> it'd be, it, and it I don't care Jolin. that the chat seems to be or Ronson. I don't care Ronson. that the chat seems to be a hundred percent on your side. I don't care. I'm not with it. I'm uh, not no. with it at all. History will not this remember no you. No consideration this. in my household. <laughs> hey. <laughs> wow. Mr. and Mrs. Ronson. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ronson. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to respond to that. They talking to us. I don't care. I don't even like this. This is terrible. Wow. Ronson. My mama wouldn't even want to talk to me no more. You did what? Wow. Let, 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 let's move on quickly before Hudson comes up with, up with some more brilliant ideas. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic, which ironically is something else Hudson wanted to talk about today. Um. Cardi B and Offset. Uh, Cardi B had recently announced a split between the two of them. And then I think it was this week announced that they are actually patching things up and getting back together. Hudson, you felt like it might be an opportunity to talk about how people should not keep their relationship. They should how people should keep their relationship business offline. Uh, You know what? It's not just offline. Come on. Look. You know, you know who you are. You know the type of person you are. And if you're the type to get into these fights and these little spats with your significant other, and then you know you're going to take them back next week, you need to stop. I mean, it gets awkward for for people like me because you come along and you tell me, I hate that nigga. Or, you know, or he come to me and like, I can't stand that. You know, and and I got to sit there. What am I supposed to do? Am I am I supposed to say yeah? You know yeah. I, you know I always hated that, but you know you know forget her. <laughs> you know she, she ain't shit. Her kids ain't shit. You know am I supposed to do that? You know? <laughs> Is that how I'm supposed to do it? Right hey. now? And then, then what happens when you get back together? And then now I didn't say all this nasty stuff. And I, I'm up there agreeing with you and you looking at me funny. Like, I know how you really feel about it, dog. You know, and and I don't appreciate some of the things you've been saying. So just stay away from us. You know, like, I mean, how is that supposed to go? <laughs> <laughs> how, how supposed to go? Look, just keep your business off. off just, just don't even say it. You know, just let the breakup happen and give it some time. It's just like healing. The The time it takes you to heal should be the time it takes you to announce you're single. <laughs> you know, just let it ride for a minute. <laughs> Don't say nothing. Heal up. 
and let it go. Because if you bat with them next week, don't nobody want to hear this mess. It's just going to turn into, oh, okay then. You know, (laughs) none of us believe you anymore when you say you broke up with somebody. So it's not just online. It's don't tell. Yeah, pretty much. Like, are you kidding me? Right. Just just let us find out. (laughs) I mean, I know some people think this might be a publicity stunt. This might be to sell records. But, I mean, there's too many people I know that are like that. So so it makes me think that this, this could be real. <laughs> this could actually be them. And they're just going to break up every few months and get back together again. You know, it doesn't make any sense, you know. Don't don't even put it out there. Just, just hold on to that information. I definitely know people like that who will break up and then they'll want to trash this other person who they've been bringing around all the time for months. You've developed your own relationship with this person because you felt like, okay, I need to treat you a certain way because, you know, you're the girl of my boy. And so, you know, just because y'all break up doesn't mean I'm now interested in trashing her and treating her like she's dirt. Like, nah, bro, if if you wanted that, then you shouldn't have never brought, been bringing it to my house every day. Like now she's a personal friend, just like you. I'm not going to help you trash her. And then if you do, just like you said, if you do do that and then they get back together, you beca- who becomes the bad guy? You are. <laughs> because that other person remembers all the things that you said, remembers the way that she was treated. And, you know, it ain't, it ain't never going to be okay. <laughs> she's always going to be like, that was complete disrespect. In fact, you might lose your original friend because you might be like, hey, now that we're back together, you can't be around him because he spoke about me in ways that I don't appreciate. But baby, he was basically doing it because I was asking him to. I don't care. If you want us to be be back together, you need to stop hanging around him. Oh, no. It's, See, that's it's the never thing. Worth, that's the it's thing. never they, good look. They never defend you. They never defend you. They, they just agree. So so you just said all that stuff because of your friend. <laughs> And, and they just look at her and be like, yeah, you're right. He did say some nasty stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know what? Yeah. He don't need to be a part of this. You know, he, he don't know what we got going here. It's here, me right? and you, baby. <laughs> they don't understand. It's me and you against the world, baby. Ridiculous. Oh, wow. I remember it used to be a protocol. It's like, you don't bring nobody around your boys. If you hadn't planned on, if you knew you got a head bang or a bust a head, what not you? You don't bring no skip scappy around oh, your buddies. Oh, that ain't had work. You know, it used to be a protocol. If you knew what you had and you knew what you brought around your friends and what you didn't, you ain't just bring mm-hmm. some rando to the barbecue and hang out with your buddies and meet your <laughs> real friends. That ain't had work. He's like, no. who is this? Why are you bringing this girl here? You ain't had no. <laughs> if you was gonna bring a girl and whatnot to the family barbecue, you had to explain where she was, who she was before she even got there. And that was the only reason we took you seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, whether if you bring some schizoid and whatnot, then shoot. All right, she he got another one coming. All right, that's cool. Make sure she got a plate. <laughs> you had yeah, to worry. You ain't had to worry about getting all in depth and intense with it. My mother used to hate it. My 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 brother would bring every single girlfriend he would get around the around the house. Like there was no there was no protocol. There was no uh, a filtering system. There was nothing. It was just I right, I done dumped this chick. I'm with the next one. Come on over to the crib. So she would meet all of them. 
And she would hate it because she would look at this chick and be like, you ain't going to last two months over here. I never should have had to bother to take the time to do, to introduce myself to you. But at the exact same time, you could end up being the mother of my grandchildren. So it's like I can't treat any of these women just any old kind of way. I need to be nice to all of them. I need to be nice to each one that I meet because I don't know if I'm meeting that one that that my son going to slip up with and mm. end up impregnating her. And whether or not I get to see my grandchild is determined by my relationship with this woman. So let me be nice, give you a big old smile, Damn. tell you how pretty you are and how I'm so happy, happy to meet you because I don't know. Hey, I don't know. It was terrible. That's why it it's terrible. It's got to be rough being that. a woman, Jack, because they <laughs> care about that type of stuff. I can give a good damn. All I think about, hey, boy, don't bring no more freakazoids in my house, okay? <laughs> so, that's all I'd be able to think about. Well, this would happen my baby. I really don't care. Go and do what you're going to do. I'm not, no, I'm not really trying to hang out with that grandbaby of the freakazoid. Shit, I'm good. <laughs> I kind of I feel like that whole situation would just suck. When you bring the real <laughs> one that had kids with her, we'll talk about that. Any of them, them, them randos or what that you got running around out here, you just a rolling stone. Let's go ahead. Hold and on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You Wait deal a with that shit. If, if, you just, if you just pre-deny your your grandchildren from Freakazoid, <laughs> did you just say you ain't going to be If it coming from a Freakazoid, I'm oh, pretty sure God. I'm not going to have no patience for them, no way. Because <laughs> oh, if I got to deal with some Thanks, woman and whatnot that's somehow threatening or using this kid and whatnot to get some kind of leverage or something, I'm not dealing with that no way. I really not. That's my son's problem at that point. You, you slipped up and slipped your penis in this crazy ass heifer. I ain't got to deal with that. That's not my responsibility. Now, this heifer end up dying or she go to jail or something, you get custody of the kid. All right, we'll work it out then. But if I got to deal with whoever the hell, <laughs> no, I'm good. You bring up a very interesting point. We as men, and we have to teach our young men to value our penises a lot more. You know, I don't, we do not put enough value into them that we slip them in every little skibby scabby or, or, or freakazoid or or <laughs> or bussinator, whatever you call it. <laughs> and, and we need to... We need to stop all that. You know, we need to pr place the proper value on ourselves. We're not worth just $40. You know, we we need to, I mean, that's the going rate now that's been online, right? It's $40. Uh, look, we are worth a lot more. Uh, we, we carry life in here. You know, we carry life and we pass it on to women's bellies. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be We need to be selective. That has to be the worst description I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, we carry the right to women's belly. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's not women who really carry life, it's really us. <laughs> And we passed it on to their belly. Wow. And allowed them to incubate it. The life is with us. <laughs> <laughs> then, we, then we let them heat the life up. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> to, 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 Technically, the woman's just an oven. 
all this life is in me. <laughs> exactly. Yo. Remember, well, we as men decide the sets of that baby. We decide the gender of that baby. You know, we yes, our, we? our yep. Actually, yep. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Right. We decide it. We decide okay. that part. Okay. And we have to teach our young men this. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I I will give you credit for that last part about that one. That was that was always one of the biggest decisions when it came to me. Like when, even in my youth, like I I wanted kids, but in my mind, I I I didn't want to just have it. I didn't want to have kids with just somebody that I knew that it just wasn't gonna work out or just some random person. So yeah. a, a lot of it was a lot of luck. <laughs> I will admit that a lot of <laughs> a lot of praying afterwards and whatnot but you know I, I i got lucky enough it's like okay i found somebody i would have had these kids with and it, it turned out to be a pretty good damn decision i feel like all of us thought about fatherhood from an early age mm-hmm. you know we all have fathers in our life you know, and i don't know if that if that's part of it if that helps you see a father in your life and it makes you want to be a good father and take fatherhood seriously once you do have children, but we all talked about being fathers way before it actually happened. And so I think if that's on your mind from an early age, taking that responsibility seriously, then you take the prospect of having children a lot more seriously and you think about it differently than someone who it's really all about sex. Like you ask, you know, why do they plant flowers in a certain way? They ain't thinking about them flowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they thinking about fun. It's all about fun. And the child is completely secondary. A lot some of these dudes, they never even go to see to their children, see their children, and it doesn't affect them. Mm-hmm. Like it's one thing to abandon your child and you think about your child every day and it makes you feel like a terrible person and you wish you were a better man who could be there for your son or your daughter. But some of these dudes. They go around creating a whole bunch of kids, abandon those kids, and they could care less. They don't never think about those kids. Like, it doesn't affect them at all, you know? What about the regular old day? Like, it didn't even happen. They don't, they don't see it as a responsibility, you know? Every, all guys are not wired that way, built that way. And I don't know what's the difference in upbringing that decides whether or not you're going to take that kind of thing seriously. But I feel like all of us had that at an early age. And so for us, it's it's just a little bit different. Yeah. There's this comedian, it's this joke that they that they did on this stand-up comedy thing. And he was like, uh, he just saw Ray at the club. And he's like, Ray, what you doing here? Why why you not with your girl? He's like, Oh, I broke up with her. He he like, why? She got these two badass kids. And he like, but Ray, them's your kids though. What the fuck? Why you break up? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Feeling like, eh, I could be here. I could not be here. Like, for me, I don't have a choice for the next 18 years. I got to be a part of Simone's life. It don't matter what happens between me and Samantha. It don't matter what's going on with me personally. If I'm alive and I can breathe, I can walk then I got a responsibility to be in Simone's life and do whatever I can for. All guys don't feel that way, though. Some of them are like, I'm here as long as y'all make me feel wanted or as long as I feel comfortable, as long as it, it's all right and this is fun. As soon as it stops being one of those things, I'm out. 
Shoot, I, that's it. I'd be ghost dad in this motherfucking shit. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> do what I gotta do. All y'all to be and raised right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the next topic. And I don't know if this is a full topic. It's just something that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, I've got to assume, in fact, I'm not assuming, I know there's a lot of leaders in the Catholic church that are going crazy right now and are not sure what to do. So the Pope came out today and has endorsed civil union laws for same-sex couples, Hmm. all right? This is a big deal, all right? Because again, for those of you who aren't Catholic, You have to keep in mind for those people who are Catholic and are part of the Catholic Church, the Pope's word is law. It's basically from Jesus's mouth to the Pope's brain and out his mouth to the masses. All right. So if he says same sex couples can have civil unions, then that's it. Now, it doesn't necessarily affect the United States that much, but. Remember, the Catholic Church is a global institution, and there are a whole lot of other countries where unions between same-sex couples are either completely outlawed or certainly looked down upon, where now they're going to have to seriously consider changing those rules and being more open to same-sex couples. It's it's a, a pretty seismic change. And there have already been prominent leaders within the Catholic Church who have denounced his words and basically said this is against the doctrine and he needs to clarify these comments and and, and make it more clear for everyone that, well, what I really meant is that same-sex couples are horrible, <laughs> you know, backtrack in some sort of way. I don't think that's going to happen because the fact of the matter is he stated this opinion before he even became the Pope. So I don't know. I think it's just going to be fascinating to watch this because it's such a huge change and shift for the Catholic Church And I don't think we've ever seen the Catholic Church really revolt against the Pope before. I can't remember that happening uh, before, certainly not in my lifetime, but even in the history of the church, I've kind of always felt like even if the Pope does something that's considered radical, the church just goes along and figures out how to deal with it. This is the first time I've seen something where I was like, wow, this could cause a real division where some of these people start turning against them. So we'll see, we'll see. But I saw this and I thought it was interesting. You know, I I think that, you know, I I think it's very interesting how people harp so much on on abortion and and these same-sex marriages. Like they pick these things to really harp on out of all those books out of the Bible. Like they harp on these two things. And And it's not like there's, there, there's always a backdoor channel in 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 the Bible, which is whatever you hold true to be law or something on earth will hold true yeah. in heaven. I mean, there's right. always a backdoor on, on all these things. So, <laughs> so it's it, it, look if you look at it like a business, right? 
it's any business who stays stagnant and stay in the old ways, they don't survive. I mean, that's just the way it is. You got to modernize and you got to go with the, mm-hmm. the, the direction the world is moving. And you have to get there before the world actually gets there to stay effective. If you don't get there, if you're not one of the first ones there, you're, you're just going to fall by the wayside. And, and I would suggest Absolutely. that a lot of these Catholic priests who want to come out, I think, I think they need to look, you know, as far as the laws on pedophilia. And I think they need to count their blessings that they don't get prosecuted and that they still seem to be protected before they decide to come out against anybody. <laughs> I, I think they, they best keep their mouths shut. In fact, in fact, the ones who keep their mouths shut on this issue might be the ones we need to investigate because they decided I'm going to just sit back and keep quiet on this thing because I know what I got going. We need to investigate them. <laughs> Man. I don't know, but I think no matter what, this will be entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing further developments on how this is all going to shake out. The last topic of the day is football and what is going on with the Bears. Now, originally, we had planned to start with Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown said some very negative things regarding uh, Nick Foles. Essentially, they asked him, when you come back from suspension, would you like to, would you be open to joining the Bears? And me, he made it clear he would not because of Foles, apparently feeling like Foles is an inferior quarterback. Echoing some of the comments that both Jason and Hudson have erroneously made upon the show. But, um, and I want to remind you all that I remember our deal last time that you all were not really going to acknowledge the greatness of Foles until he won next week's game. So apparently this, this past win once again is irrelevant to you. And since I'm not, we're not going to have the conversation with my own words, I figured I'd take this opportunity to quote some other people who had some things to say about Foles. So this is actually from the Chicago Sun-Times, written by their main um, Chicago Bears NFL reporter, Ooh. Jason Lizer. That's L-I-E-S-E-R. Uh, decided to uh, uh, make this article about Foles, which essentially sums up a lot of the things that I've been saying, but I feel like it, it, it definitely bears listening to. The win-ugly rant Nick Foles delivered after the Bears beat the Panthers on Sunday was more than a lecture to the media for bringing up the offense's widespread shortfalls. He wanted his teammates to hear it too. Wide receiver Allen Robinson says Nick Foles is the kind of guy who's a leader by nature. He constantly is trying to lead us in every fashion. If we have a bad possession, whether it's practice or a game, He's a guy that's for sure trying to lead at all times. I think everyone around him appreciates that. His teammates quickly rallied behind him after he led them back from that 26-10 deficit in the fourth quarter against the Falcons and his debut. Foles looked like Trubisky twin against the Panthers, and his quarterback rating was, was terrible. But as he quoted, it doesn't matter how you win. It just matters that you get it done. 
for all his flaws and the volatility of his career, Bowles has a stack, a stack of big game performances on his record. Four starters. He has gone four and two in the playoffs with 11 touchdowns, 272.2 yards per game, and a 98.8 passer rating. The biggest of those games, of course, was his overwhelming Super Bowl MVP performance for the Eagles at the end of the 2017 season. With that track record, as well as a handful of late in the regular season, throughout his career, Foles has credibility in the locker room when he defends ugly performances in victories and predicts improvement coming soon. Those words mean something from a guy with a Super Bowl MVP trophy at home. And to cap this whole article off, Allen Robinson, number one wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, once again says, still Nick is a guy that definitely wants to over-communicate things. I think that's so big. You see how he communicates to the coaches and how he communicates to his teammates and even to the fan base and the media. I think that everybody sees the kind of person that he is. All their words from the Chicago Bears staff and from this incredible writer. Once again, he writes for the Chicago Sun-Times and his name is Jason Lizer. All right. None of those words mine, but I hope you notice that it echoes everything that I've been saying. Change in culture, leadership, championship mentality, win well, sometimes winning ugly, but win at all costs, taking us all the way to the Super Bowl. This echoes in a in a very eloquent, professional manner what I've been trying to tell you all since the, before the season started. I can see on your faces that it still hasn't worked, that even a professional sports writer employed by one of the number one Chicago magazines in, in, in the state, it's still not getting through. I understand that, but I just wanted you to hear the words, all right? I just wanted you to hear the words and see that I'm not the only one who's seeing what's happening to this team with Nick Foles at the helm, all right? Go on ahead. Tell you peace. That's great that he's awesome in the locker room. Uh, it's great that he's a great communicator. It's awesome. I'm waiting for it to translate on the field. It is. Trubisky was losing for two years. Stop it. He's already proven he's a loser. He was a Nick winner Foles in 2018. 12 and 4 in 2018. For old champion. Again, something Trubisky has never done. It is being proven on the field. I haven't seen it. Nick Foles is that guy. I haven't seen it. Yes, you have. have you just texted us earlier that said, I don't understand why we keep winning. You have seen it. You just don't want to acknowledge it. You don't want to have to say the word. What have I seen? You don't seen? have to say Nick Foles is leading us to victory. You want to come up with all these different reasons. And you would. You I don't would have all. I just said the defense is winning the games. No, no, that's not what you said. You said, I don't understand why we're winning because the defense hasn't been good in all these games. I you said, I don't understand because the offense sucks. You would rather be confused than accept the fact 
that Nick Foles is leading us into victory and that it is Nick Foles' ability and leadership and championship culture that has gotten us where we are. So, Lauren, you would rather because be you in talk more and you got a better understand. mic and you sound a little louder than us, doesn't make, <laughs> doesn't make, it, doesn't make it so. Just because you interrupt us over and over again doesn't make it that make that falls to God. Out of every out of everything you said that reporter said, I never heard him mention anything about the offense. All I heard was you talk about how Nick Foles is a winner, how he won in the past, and how he is in the locker room. Yes. Now, if you look at if you listen to any other sports reporter or anybody or any one of these other channels, all they talk about is how inept, inept. The Bears' offense is, and the only That's reason they're true. winning is because of their defense. That's not true. Every single one. I haven't. The Bears had to fuck around and get a first down at the end of that game in order to take a knee and win it. And with fucking fourth or third and fucking one, they threw the ball, and it's it was the worst fucking play I ever seen. <laughs> all you had to do was run for one first down. That's it. One yard. That's all you need. Get first down, take a knee, win the game. As as always, it has been done for the last few games. It's been left up to the defense to take care of the ins and outs or the or the ineptness of the offense because they can't move the ball when it's necessary to. No, that that that. I will not, I will say this. I will say it. this. I will say it. I don't believe that the offense is inept because of Nick Foles. I will say that. But I will say that he doesn't make it better. The offense has not become better because of Nick Foles. It has honestly stayed the exact same way it has been even when Mitch Trubisky was playing. So the odds and ends of this play, if, 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 if each quarterback is going to come in and play the exact same way, then there's going to, there's not going to be a whole lot of changes when it comes to how they win. They leave it up to their defense, and that's what it's been for the last six games. Excuse me, five games that they won. We have an awesome defense, and I appreciate that much. And even the defense sometimes leaves me teetering. But they wanted them bend and don't break type defenses. I don't like that bend and don't break, but it seems to be working for us. Well, luckily they they've gotten better in the in the I, I I think a little bit, and I think each individual on that defense is starting to get a little bit more aggressive and comfortable, which I which I think is is and I think Quinn has has started to pick it up, and we're starting to see the pressures on the quarterback now, which is which is what we need. You know, if we don't get consistent pressure, it's great to have four sacks, but if you got four sacks. And you don't pressure him any other time, well, he can always sit in the pocket. But when you got the four sets and you got consistent pressure throughout the game, well, then I mean that's when you you really now got a defense that's hitting on all cylinders, and and that defense now is sparking. I'm even liking the defensive backs at this point. Fuller has been solid for the last two or three years. Absolutely. Uh, we you got Eddie Jackson back there. I've even even with the mistakes, or at least they, they picked on Jalen Johnson a lot in this game. Bridgewater took advantage of him. But even at the same right, and it was one of the things that I heard the announcer mention was the fact that he, he, he doesn't hold on to the memory of the mistake that he made to play before. He came mm-hmm. out, he, he, they picked on him, 
and he stood up to the challenge, and I think he came out kind of 50-50, and I think that game makes him even better. And even that boy Gibson that they got back there with Eddie not playing a strong safety, I even think he's starting to get a little bit better and getting a little bit more comfortable with this defense. So I'm I'm happy with how the defense is going, even though, like I say, I, I hate that bend, and don't, bend but don't break crap. I'd, I'd rather see aggressive just attack, attack, but you mm-hmm. can't do that all the time. And the way the Bears are playing it has been has been successful. Offensively, I I'm not seeing it. I'm not I'm not seeing. Well, let's let's talk about offense. Where, right? I'm not seeing good play calling or anything else. Let, let's say, let's say yeah. look. You know, here, here's the thing. When we talk about Antonio Brown, you know, let, let's clear something up. There's there's a lot of uh, what 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 we would call bit name offensive players who who are not going to come to the Bears and and you know because a lot of people talked about Le'Veon Bell and you know and and let's be honest when you see a team who can't run the ball you know you know why would you want to go there you know you, now we can all mm-hmm. say well you know if you're a bit time bit time player you should be able to run it wherever you at. Well, fuck you, because I mean, <laughs> you know. Because hey, <laughs> if your if your line can't block for me, I'm not gonna get out there and get hurt because your line can't block. I'm not gonna take these these extra hits every single time. I'm not gonna have to beat three or four guys every time I want to try to get a five yard gain or something. So why would any running back want to come there? Why would when when the That's passing game is That's not a hard decision between the Kansas would, City Chiefs offensive line. Exactly. Why would Sorry, why would they? I would take yeah. less money to not come to the Bears if the Bears really were going to offer right. me more money because I have to think about the longevity of my career. I have to think about how my stats are going to look, and and overall, I still could probably come out better financially, championship wise, better if I go somewhere else. So, so just to be quite honest about the offense, there's still nothing in the offense. Whether it be, and it don't matter that Foles is there, didn't matter that Trubinsky was there, the coaching, the the just all together, they are not clicking. They still haven't, and and you're just not going to attract the kind of players unless it's in the draft. That's your only chance at this point is to try to pick them up in the draft. But we see what we do with offensive players there. We we see what we pick up there. <laughs> we picked up Trubisky. <laughs> we we. Mm-hmm. Picked up Cole Komet, you know, and and I like the kid, but I just didn't think that he was the kind of tight end we needed. I didn't think that I didn't even think we 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 should have picked up a tight end at that slot. I, you know, there were a lot of things that I didn't feel like. Shit, but we had four other ones already. You know, <laughs> it's it's the way that we're the the whole system sucks, and and I think every quarterback that comes through that system is a little worse. <laughs> then they, I, I think Trubisky <laughs> would even would do better in a different system, you know. And and I and I think he goes somewhere else, he does better. And I and I think that's just the way the Bears are running things, you know. Whatever. Isn't that a better testament to how great Nick Foles is? Absolutely not, because he's not doing any better than than than. I mean, his his stats are horrible right now. The the offense is horrible right now. He hasn't done anything to pick it up. And he, every game he has one good quarter. And that's what Trubisky had <laughs> in, in the games he played, one good quarter. 
So, you know, mm-hmm. Trubisky was 2-0 and when he left. <laughs> you know, and Foles came along and, you know, he's he's what, 2-3-1 and one now or whatever the case? 2-1? and one. One, one. You know, so, uh, I mean. How I, you give him four? You, you can't. <laughs> How you give him four? They only I know. won five they, games. They, got, they won five games. He got four somehow. I don't I don't know about Samori's math, hey, but look. <laughs> hey, he still won from he Trubisky. <laughs> he started the first two games. Because it had more to do with Trubi- with uh, Nick Foles' presence than it did with Trubisky. Even presence. when he was on the bench? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is a co- matter of culture. It's a matter of culture and mindset and hey. championship mentality. Hey, I hope but I'm shouldn't wrong. Shouldn't that translate on the field? Should, You've got to motivate If you're these. saying that his championship mentality and, and his caliber of play – wouldn't that up? Wouldn't that automatically uplift the offense? It does. So I'm sorry, I skipped over the second paragraph in here, but apparently y'all needed to hear it. All right. Over the past month, once again, this is from the Chicago Sun Times. Their main NFL Chicago Bears reporter, Jason Lizer. Over the past month, Foles has gone from Mitch Trubisky's supportive backup and mentor to taking hold of the Bears as his team. This isn't a fill-in job for Foles like he had with the Eagles. Matt Nagy made it clear he's the man now, and Foles' teammates have been drawn to his personality. How did that answer anything I just asked about? All they steady yeah, talking about, that. all they steady talking about his personality and his and his animal magnetism in the locker room. You asked, I don't care about that. I want asked, him to play well. I want him to you, go onto the field and take all that championship mentality and that culture and make it and win, right on That's the what field. You want me to do. You want him to win, right? I want it what to. Has he been I doing? want him to win, has not the won? defense. Yeah. I want him to win, not the defense. That's the difference. I want to see the offense move the ball when they're supposed to, score points at will, like they, like, like fucking Patrick Mahomes. When he goes out onto the field, it is automatically assumed he's going to score points. Uh-huh. I don't know what's going to happen when the Bears' offense come out on the field. You have yes, no, you, do. you don't even know if they're going to get a first down. And you want it to be pretty and beautiful. And I want them to score them points. That's about. what the offense is supposed they to do. Score and points. And I need them to do that consistently. You yourself? You're asking them to do what he's already doing. They are scoring points and they are winning. Are they making it look pretty? Are they blowing people out by 30? No. But they are scoring just enough points to win which is what we need them to do. Like, bro. I guess. I guess, I guess just getting wins any old way is how you win a championship. I don't know a team that just won any way they could that won a championship. I, 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 I ask you to name one team who's won Ravens. a Super Bowl by just Ravens. getting by. Ravens. Ravens? Wh- which Ravens? Ser- which ones? The the Ray Lewis Joe Flacco Ravens that won the Super Bowl they they just got by they were winning games like seventeen to zero they weren't blowing people out by thirty that's defense that's exactly, exactly. what I'm talking about so it wasn't Joe Flacco that was Ray Lewis and his defense 
who was winning games for them. So you ask, what is a team that consistently won ugly and barely got by? But you by, didn't give credit to Joe won, Flacco. But still win a championship. But you didn't, I give, you didn't give credit to Joe are, Flacco, though. I what? That, 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 that gives me my point. The defense is winning games, not Nick Foles. Because no. you didn't say Joe Flacco was winning the games. You said Ray Lewis. But Joe Flacco was a, is a worse QB than Nick he Foles. He was just is right there. Now. So Nick Foles could just be there and we could still win games, but I'm not ready to give him the mantle of he's the savior of the Chicago Bears. He but they any are. manageable but quarterback can go out there and do that if that's the case. But his teammates in the Chicago media and the people who understand the situation are giving him that mantle. Do they really we understand the situation? About... <laughs> do they really? They're on the ground floor. You busy paying attention to scanning, Shannon and Skip. And I'm the watching the game. Media personalities who aren't in I'm Chicago. watching the I'm game. You, can I finish? I'm watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> you stay talking about Shannon Sharp and them. I'm watching the game. Hey, hey. The game that we won, brother? Is that the game you're talking about? Oh, my God. The game that we won? Just say you're happy with however they win, Seymour. Stop stop giving Nick Foles this championship. He the savior of the band. Stop doing it. Just say you're happy they win it. Because I'm happy they win it. But the problem is, it's a fucking heart attack every time I watch the game. And it's because the offense can't do shit. The defense is great. I love their defense. I love the fact that they win it. But I'm not ready to give Nick Foles the fucking, hey, he's the man. I'm just not there. Understand that this entire day to day, I've been using other people's words and other people's articles in order to just convey my point. I myself have not been using my own wordings and my own feelings regarding the issue because we made an agreement last week that we would hold off on having that conversation until they had won next week, which I guess is supposed to be the first real team that we go up against. When and if Nick Foles and the Bears comes out with a win Sunday and then we have this follow-up conversation Wednesday, I'm going to go ballistic on both of you. Well, just, so you know you right so. <laughs> just so you know they play on Monday. So can I, can I mention this Baltimore Ravens team? This Baltimore Ravens team, the season they went 12-4, sure. and four, you know, they, yep. they, it looks like for the season they had 333 points. For them, and their uh-huh. opponents had 165 points against them. Okay, that doesn't seem like a, a barely getting by situation. Sounds like defense. No, they only had a couple of games where they really blew out people. Again, 333 points for, and 165 uh-huh. points against. Okay. Again, it might not be. Uh, 30 point blowout, but that's and 17 nothing. It's look not at just the breakdown. Look at the breakdown of game by game the scores. This doesn't look like a just getting by to me. They were just getting by. Uh, I'm just man. trying to figure out this, this this whole championship mentality thing. Let's see, and, Baltimore and in the first I'm round. Used to seeing in the first Jason's round, Jason's trying to say something. Hold on, they won twenty-one to three. Jason is trying to say something. Second round, they <laughs> hey. won twenty-four to ten. Third okay. round, they won. All right, I guess we are doing this. And then in the Super Bowl, they won thirty-four to seven. This okay. doesn't sound like just getting by. 
Because they blew him out in the Super Bowl? The, the entire playoffs, he's saying. Okay. They came into their own by then. They, they played four games in the playoffs. <laughs> and and basically blew their teams out. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not you know, I'm not saying they were all blowouts. I'm just saying it, it just it doesn't look like a getting by situation. And, and you're saying they're just getting by. Fellas, what do you want me to say? You win, you win. It doesn't always have to be pretty. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to say that. You all want these want the glitter and the gold paved roads and 30 points up on the board. I don't need all that. I need a win. I, I just, just want, want to four, win. I just want them to get a first down in the fourth quarter when it's a minute 30 seconds left, and all they got to do is get one yard. You're arguing a bunch and of semantics. And then take a knee. Are we winning? That is the question. Those things become important when we win and if we stop winning. We have not stopped winning. We are winning. What? What? It is crazy to me to watch you people who want to figure out ways to you change people. a winning formula. You people. winning formula. We are winning right now, and you people want other want us to tinker around and try to change things up because you're like, we're not winning in the specific way that I want us to win. So let's blow this all up. And hey, if we start losing because of that, well, that's not the point because at least we'll be playing in the way that I want to see us play. Stop it. We're winning. Let it go. Just accept that it's working. Trust the process. I'm just trying to figure out where you figure this championship mentality is coming from. <laughs> I'm I'm really blown away by this shit. I really am. You're talking about one hey. dude. Who, you yep. know what? I'm not about to go with this no more. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, going, to, I'm not going to keep pointing this shit out. I'm not. Hey, what? I don't remember you pointing this out even once. I pointed it out several times. Every time we had this conversation about Nick fucking Foles, we talk about <laughs> what it is that my issue is. And you keep talking about he's the champion. Okay, great. Make it That's translate really to the field. Debate. Make it translate to the field. That's what I'm it looking forward to. to the field. It did They're not. winning. Has not. They're winning. Has not. They're winning. Has not they weren't winning the last field. year. They're winning this year. Love defense. Not translating on offense. Stop it. Do you want to hear Stop some it. of the scores from that 2000 season for the Baltimore Stop Ravens? It. Of the team that just got by, save that for next. Save that for next episode. Oh, you After sure? We because went on Monday. I want to hear your excuses. Are you sure? I want to hear all the excuses. They didn't and, just, get and they by. had Brad Johnson. <laughs> oh, it wasn't he Brad Johnson. I, I want to thank you all for joining us here <laughs> yeah, at SKH Back. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Once again, if you are a black business owner and would like to get featured as our business of the week. Please make sure to send an email to info at sghmancave.com. Any of our listeners can get a hold of us there as well. Remember that you can hear this and other seven. episodes on all your major podcast platforms. <laughs> we are also on YouTube at SJH Mancave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. Kind of, sort of. Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off.